She said that I could. She said that I could. She said that I could be like the cool kid. Like the cool kid. Like the cool kid. She said that I could be like the cool kid. Like the cool kid. Uh. Uh. Cool kid, cool kid on the block. I'm looking hip, I'm looking hot. Cool kid, cool kid on the block. I'm looking hip, I'm looking hot. I'm looking hip, I'm looking hot. We any feelings about me listening to music on the podcast because people be putting in work. I ain't gonna lie to you, they be putting some some skill and talent, and they feel like <sighs> you're indulging in my hard work. And Sue, Sue, hmm? there's a dark wave. Hmm. Let's see what dark wave sounds like. Came from the 80s. Only you could save, 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 save me. What you talking about? What you talking about? Speed as the balloon blows up. 
In neither case are we saying that electricity is water or that the universe is a balloon with white spots on it. We are saying it's something like it. And so in the same way, the human being has always used images to represent his deepest ideas of how the universe works and what man's place in it is. And tonight I'm going to discuss certain aspects of two of the greatest myths in this sense of the word which have influenced mankind's thinking. First of all, the myth of the universe as an artifact, as something made, as a carpenter makes tables, chairs, and houses, or as a potter makes pots, or as a sculptor makes figurines. And on the other hand, the image of the world as a drama, in which all the things in the world are not made, but acted in the same way as a player acts parts. For these are the two great images which govern respectively the religions of the West descending from Hebraism, that is to say, Hebraism itself, Christianity, and Islam, and on the other hand, the myth which governs those religions which have had their origin in India, most particularly Hinduism itself, and to a lesser extent, Buddhism. And I want... My mother was a very great artist in embroidery. Did absolutely fabulous work. And uh, she could do everything with thread. Sewing, knitting, embroidery, make tapestries, repair tapestries. Oh, just fabulous work. So I, I've grown up in a background where thread is of enormous importance. She made her living this way for a while. So I was always amazed at the way, say, you take a ball of wool and with knitting needles, and suddenly it turns into a sweater. Fantastic. But I found out, you see, the secret of this, which is that it will do this, it will hold together by this combination of warp and woof. By this process where one thread goes under the other, omits the next, goes under the other, and then the next thing does the same thing but in the opposite way. Connect that. And they hold each other up. For example, you can put two sticks of wood and lean them against each other, and they'll stand up. You know, the Chinese character for man looks more or less like that. And although this is, a, this is simply the brush form, the brush abbreviation of what were originally the legs of a uh, little human stick figure, there's a story that Japanese children uh, sometimes learn from their mothers, that this, the reason this is the character for man is that two sticks lent together, as I described, will keep each other up, and the one depends on the other. It's mutual. And so in the same way, the existence of human beings depends on our supporting each other. Without that, no one of us can exist. 
But that, which may seem a little trite, a little sort of moralistic and so on, but it is absolutely fundamental. That anything that there is, whenever we can say that something exists, existence is a function of relationship. Motion itself is a function of relationship. For example, uh, forgive me if some of you have heard this one before, but it's a very important basic lesson. If there is only one object, one small ball in the middle of endless space, nobody knows whether it's moving. Because you can't tell whether it's approaching anything or whether it's going away from anything, because there's nothing else. So in that state of affairs, no motion exists. But if we introduce a second ball into the picture, and the two either come towards each other or go away from each other, then we can say that both of them, or either of them, is in motion. We can't decide which is the one that's doing the movie. Because they, uh, it could be, could be one, could be the other. Now we'll put three balls into space. And we find two of them staying together. And the other one going away. Now it's up to the two of them to decide whether the other one is going away from them or they're going away from the other. Because two is a majority in this case. And the vote always, of course, goes to the majority, the universe being basically a democratic organization. <laughs> and so it goes. And now, once you've got that, you can see that motion is a form of relationship. All right, let me put it in another way. Energy is a form of relationship. If the universe is basically a play of energy, then you can say energy and relationship go together. Now, what is this saying? This is saying that being, existence itself, is relationship. Let's look at it in several other ways. You know the old question, if a tree crashes in a forest and there is nobody around to hear it, is there a noise? This question has been discussed in many futile ways, but noise, basically, is a state of affairs that requires an eardrum and an audio nervous system behind the eardrum. When the tree falls, it makes the air vibrate. If there is anywhere around an ear with the appropriate nervous system, there will be a noise. Because noise is a relationship between motion in the air and ears. If there is not any ear around, there won't be any noise, although there will be vibration in the air. And if there is some instrument around, such as a microphone attached to a tape recorder, which is a mechanical copy of a human ear. 
then according to that there will be noise there will be a vibration in the same way let's suppose the sun sends out light into space now the space surrounding the sun will be black darkness as if there were no light in it unless a planet happens to float by when a planet floats by there will be light in the darkness but if there isn't anything to relate to the sun in that way then comes no light now this goes right down to the root and ground of everything it goes down to the essence of your nerves of uh, your whole being that it's all an interdependence and that's why one of the basic symbols of the universe is the Chinese yin-yang symbol uh, which you know is a circle with an S curve in the center one side of the S is black the other is white and uh, so it makes as it were two commas or two fishes and the eye of the fish is the opposite color the white fish has a black eye the black fish has a white eye and these things are going like this see curling in on each other now this thing is called a helix and that is the fundamental form of the galaxies the great nebulae we see out in space are doing this curves and this is basically too the position of sexual intercourse this is uh, this is lovemaking and this is you know when you hold hands and and so on uh, this is it but there are two involved and the two are secretly one now this is what I really want you to understand to get into the unitive world underneath underlying and supporting the everyday practical world there have to be certain alterations in one's common sense now there are certain ideas and beyond these ideas certain feelings that are difficult to get across not because they're intellectually complicated not at all because of that but because they're unfamiliar they're strange we haven't been brought up to accommodate them. in exactly the same way that in past times people knew that the planets were supported in the sky because they were embedded in spheres of crystal and if they weren't embedded in spheres of crystal, and of course you could see them because you could see through them, they would fall down on the earth. And now when astronomers finally suggested that there were no crystal spheres, people felt unbelievably insecure. See? They had a terrible time assimilating this idea. Now do you see what it involves to assimilate a really new idea? you have to do quite a flip for example there's some people whose number systems 
only account for quantities. One, two, three, many. So they don't have any concept of four corners to a table. See, a table has many corners. And a uh, pile of pebbles is, in that sense, equivalent in manyness to the four corners of a table. Now, they have difficulty, you see, in beginning to assimilate the idea of counting through and numbering all those corners or all those pebbles. But we've done that. And so, to us, that is perfectly simple. But imagine the kind of mentality, the kind of person to whom that is not simple at all. And now, in exactly the same way, there is here what I'm trying to explain a new idea that most people don't assimilate. And that is the idea of the total interdependence of everything in the world. The Buddhists in uh, Japan call it Jiji Muge. Jiji Muge, between thing and thing, between event and event, there is no block. And they represent this imagistically as a Network. Imagine a multidimensional spider web covered in dew in the morning. And every single drop of dew on this web contains in it the reflections of all the other drops of dew. And of course, in turn, in every drop of dew that one drop reflects, there is the reflection of all the others again. And they use this image to represent the interdependence of everything in the world. In other words, if we give this dewdrop image, if we put it into a linguistic analogy, we would say this. Words have meaning only in context. The meaning of any word depends upon the sentence or upon the paragraph in which it's found. So that if I say this tree has no bark, that's one thing. And if I say this dog has no bark, that's another thing. So you see always that the meaning of the word is, is in relation to the context. Now, in exactly the same way, the meaning as well as the existence of an individual person, an organism, is in relation to the context. You are what you are. Sitting here at this moment in your particular kind of clothes, and with the particular colors of your faces and your particular personalities, your family involvements, your business involvements, your neuroses and your everything. You are that precisely in relation to an extremely complex environment. So much so that if, let's take for example this piece of wood that forms a support to the beam out here. Now, believe me, this is true. 
you could see that has little knuckles on it and so on. If it were not the way it is, you would not be the way you are. The line of connection between what is, it is, and you are is very, very complicated. Also, we could say, if a given star that we observed didn't exist, you would be different from what you are now. I don't say you wouldn't exist, but you would exist differently. Uh, but the, you might say the connection is very faint. It's something that you don't ordinarily have to think about. It's not important. But basically, it is important. Only you say, I don't have to think about it, because it's there all the time. See, for example, the floor is underneath you all the time. Some sort of floor, some sort of earth. And you, re you really don't have to think about it. So it's just always there. It's always around. If, if you're, you become insensitive, you stop thinking about it. But there it is. And so in the same way, our subtle interdependence with... Mind you, it's not just our plain existence. It's the kind of existence we have is dependent upon all these things also our plain existence, but that gets way down. But the, the fundamental thing is existence is relationship. In other words, if my finger up here is all alone and the wind doesn't move and nothing touches it, it stops knowing that it's there. But if something comes along and does Immediately, it's aware that it's there. So. <laughs> you see, it takes two. We could have so much fun, but it takes more than one. And she don't want it. <laughs> But in this way, you see, what we call duality, you can see, can't you, how duality is fundamental. It takes two. But duality is always secretly unity. Take the contrast between the words we use, explicit and implicit very valuable words. What is explicit? What's on the outside? Let's say how we come on publicly. Explicitly, we are thus and so. We have a fight. Uh, we're in competition, say, in business, explicitly. But implicitly, we've worked this out, that we've agreed in a secret way that nobody knows about that this competition is extremely valuable to both of us. We'll take it politically, for example. Let's take the situation of Russia versus the United States. Explicitly, in public, this has to be a big fight. These two ways of life, these two ideologies are opposed. They say, no, we're... But behind the scenes, it's all been carefully worked out. You bet it has. 
that this opposition has to happen because our economy depends on it and their economy depends on it and everybody knows this who's got who's smart but there are a lot of people who get taken in by the propaganda and they should be taken in because that makes the thing work <laughs> it's crazy but that's the way it goes and everything works this way there is uh, for example when swans start to mate they're not sure what they're supposed to do and they, they begin to fight I had a long talk about this with, with C.G. Jung he lived uh, on the edge of Lake Zurich and he had a little summer house right on the water's edge and there were many swans there and I was getting up after at the end of a conversation with him and we were beginning to walk back to the main house and I said isn't it true that swans are monogamous and he said yes uh, they are he said, do you know, I have had the most interesting relationships between these swans and many of my female patients who thought they were homosexual. I mean, Jung wasn't a uh, sexual snob. I mean, he, he understood all the legitimacy of all kinds of sexual variations. But he said, it has been a point of departure for our discussions. And he said, it's a very funny thing that when they begin to mate, they start fighting. And they don't know what it's all about, and then suddenly the fight turns into lovemaking. So that's what I mean. Underneath opposition, there is love. Underneath duality, there's unity. The Tweedledum and Tweedledee agreed to have a battle. So, you see, here's that weaving principle. The things hold together by over, under, under, over, over, under, under, over, over, under, under, over. And that creates a stuff, it creates a fabric, it creates clothing, it creates shelter, it creates what we call matter. Matter, mater, mother, and also the same word, maya, illusion. See, the world as a marvelous illusion. Now, we've got to go into this. Look, look at another form of the thing. You can play it not only by two as one, but you can play it by three as one. You know the uh, trademark for Valentine's Ale, which is three interlocked rings. Now, the way these rings are interlocked is such that they are joined only if the three of them are present. If you take one away, the other two fall apart. This is a very interesting phenomenon that it can be created physically with uh, steel rings. Their, their cohesion depends on all three of them being present. Now, we have tried scientifically to understand the world and explain its mysteries by analyzing the smallest, smallest particles of things that exist. 
exist. Inquiring down, 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 what is this thing we call flesh or call steel or stone? What is it made of? Go down into the midst of it. And that's given us a certain understanding. But only half of the understanding. Equally important is not what is the tiniest part of it, but in what context is the tiniest part of it. You see? In, in relation to what is it? Just as the word bark, as I showed you, has different meanings in different sentences. So cells, molecules, atoms have different properties in different contexts. So what uh, the scientist equally needs to study is not simply what is anything when very, very minutely analyzed, but where is it? When is it? That makes all the difference. So do you see that a lot of people who get anxious when they hear that everything is relative have no, no need to get that anxious. Relativity isn't some kind of slippery morass in which all standards and all directions get lost. Relativity is really the soundest situation that there is. See, it's the, it's the one supporting the other. It's this thing. Do you know this? This is wonderful. X marks the spot. Imagine this going on and on. Supposing my finger were indefinitely long, both fingers, and they were doing this. See, they're just crossing each other. Now, on one side of it, it's a pair of scissors and it cuts. What is it on the other side? Why, it's opening female legs, saying, please come in. It's utter softness, utter receptiveness. On the other side, it's But on this side, it's please, 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 yes. Welcome. <laughs> and everything's based on that. See, it's this way. Sharpness, teeth, biting, spines, crab shells, all that kind of thing, you know. On the other side, it's the melting softness of life. See, we go together just like that. And goodness knows what it is on these outer two sides. I've, I haven't thought about that. <laughs> so, if you see that, if you, if you get that principle, you can feel yourself not sort of just rattling around in the world as a kind of, um, you know, somebody who's been stuck down there. But you can feel yourself going on in absolutely exact relationship with everything around you. 
and this is very beautiful. It isn't just that you are here looking at what's out there, like you might be photographing it with your eyes. When was... When was... It's that if that there... Damn, Google. ...wasn't there, you wouldn't be here. The outside thing that you see, the inside thing that you are, are poles. When was uh, Alan Watts' birthday? Alan Watts was born on January 6, 1915. Of the same magnet. Or back in front of the same coin, and without one there isn't the other. That means, of course, then, that we are living in the midst of a world of animals, vegetables, minerals, atmospheres, astronomical bodies. It's highly intelligent. It's intelligence concentrated, crystallized in our brains. That's where it comes out, you see, in any field. Let's say, let's take any field of forces and we take a sort of chemical solution. And at certain critical points in this chemical solution, the crystals start to form. And so in the same way, the total intelligence of this whole universe crystallizes in human brains. Also in other kinds of brains. That's where it really comes out. But it's the total intelligence of the whole field that does this. So we <coughs> go with the whole thing, interdepend with it. We don't live in an environment which is just rock, just air, just atmosphere and so on. The environment's only like that when we think about it analytically and try to explain it. But when we think of, it isn't just rock and air, see, but those things go together. When you see the interconnectedness, when you see in the simplest way how flowers go with bees and other insects, they don't live without them. Humans go with cattle, they don't exist without them plants, etc., etc., etc. When you see the intervals, the significance of the relationships between these things, it's only then, when you see that, that you are aware of the melody. Go back to the illustration I gave of the person who can't hear melody, who's tone deaf. He hears only a succession of sounds because he's not aware of the intervals. Now, most people are brought up to be tone deaf in respect to their own existence and the rest of the universe. They don't see the relationships. They're not aware of the unity. And so, once you, you spot that, you spot how everything goes with the thing, that you are one end and that out there is the other end. And they really go together. Then you may be said to be living a harmonious life. 